everybody can uh, be on the record. All right, so first off, welcome to our Practice Power Academy webcast number eight. Uh, what we do on these webcasts, quite frankly, they are um, exclusive to uh, Practice Power members. And, and what we want to do is really, like I talked about last webcast, really kind of take Practice Power and, and make it more of a dynamic membership versus a static membership, an interactive membership versus a static membership. Um, I'm always going to share with you best practices. I got some really, really great stuff that I've been working with clients on the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to share those with you uh, in a little bit. Uh, it also is an opportunity to ask for you to ask questions. Uh, we've got some great questions actually that were submitted, actually some of them this morning. Uh, so it's an opportunity for you to, to ask questions, things like that, um, do that. And then obviously the other piece too is this is one of the major enhancements that we have uh, going from a Practice Power to Practice Power Academy. So this works out really well from that perspective where each week uh, we're going to have you know 30 to 60 minutes of, uh, of coaching time uh, where I parachute into your cars, offices, wherever you're at, and uh, we get some we get some work done. Okay. In addition, just so you know. Um, you can submit questions in advance, but you can also submit questions during our event using the GoToWebinar app. And time permitting, uh, I will try to answer as many of them as possible. Okay. Now, for those you've been around for a while, also you're wondering, hey, where is the uh, where is the Practice Power uh, Academy update? There is no update this week because we're just about there. Uh, expect launch next week. Uh, we finished all the coding over the weekend, and so uh, I'm not going to tease you again. I'll wait, and you'll get the major announcement uh, on it when we're uh, when we're ready to do that. Okay. So let me look over here on my question real quick. See if anybody's got anything on the board uh, before I get into what I want to cover. Okay. So I really have two things for today that I'm going to bring to the table, and then uh, there's about three questions I want to want to cover. So first thing I want to talk about are client events and, and more importantly, client hybrid events. And let me explain the differentials. Um, for years, this industry uh, has, has talked around doing client events, right? Whether they're lunch and learns or wine tastings or dinners or ball games, uh, whatever it happens to be, right? And the, uh, the old model, if you will, or the obsolete model was that you know you uh, you figure out you want to do an event, you go find some wholesaler, right? You go get some capital, and you do a dinner or something like that. You bring your clients, and the psychology for most advisors in that model was: I have clients, I'm lucky to have clients. Uh, I'm gonna go do this thing as a, my way, of saying thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Client, for working with me, right? And we kind of it's a goodwill gesture, right? And uh, as a reminder. Uh, goodwill is really our capital, our currency. Uh, we all, all of you have at-will client relationships. So therefore, you know, goodwill building is always very important. So that's been the, what I call the typical client event, right? You pay, you bring your clients, and, uh, and then you sit there and you say to yourself, okay, that was interesting, nice, but there's a cost center, right? It cost me money or, or I had to go and get wholesaler support. A hybrid model Here's the differential. We invite clients, but we put mechanisms in place where they can go ahead and bring a guest. 
and I'll explain that in a little bit. The other thing it does, it gives us a platform, the advisor, to invite prospects, people in our pipeline, maybe former clients that you know just kind of you know got away from us, uh, centers of influence, anybody else. So in other words, we can extend an invitation to non-clients to come as our guest. All right. Ideally, you want to be doing these things minimum once a quarter, and they fall into two broad-based categories. Category number one, fun events. Baseball games, picnics, pig roasts, cruises, plays, wine tastings, dinners, all that jazz, right? Fun, fun stuff. And then uh, Tesla. I, you know, I've had several people do Tesla test drives. So if you have a Tesla store in your area, they're more than, trust me, they're more than happy to partner with advisors and do a Tesla test drive event. And uh, works well. Works well. But, you know, it's 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 always turns out that my clients sell a couple Teslas along the way. But it's really nice. Your clients get some cool things to do, right? So Tesla events are kind of the latest and greatest thing. So you have those fun events, right? But then you also have educational events. So security, Medicare, state taxes, um, anything you want to do, right? We are are what I call AMAs. Ask me anything. So I'll explain that in a little bit. Um, the reason why you want to do these events, uh, at least quarterly, I do have clients that do these monthly, by the way, and, and good, better, best, right? Monthly is always going to be better, to my, in my mind, than quarterly once you have the infrastructure set up. The reason why you want to do this is there are two things that we cannot get in this industry because of rules, regulation, and compliance. Number one, we cannot get endorsement. Right? We can't go have a client uh, endorse us right? on our website, no video testimonials, nothing like that. So we can't get endorsement and we can't get testimonial, right? which is basically the same thing. We're precluded from doing that. But yet, if you look at how human beings are influenced, right, one of the major ways we as, we as human beings are influenced is by the term called social proof, which is who else is using this? Who else believes in this, right? Who else is a uh, a client of this? If, if you look at major companies, why would a why would a shoe company pay a basketball player almost a billion dollars to go endorse their shoes because they know they sell more shoes, right? Or why does Lincoln put Matthew McConaughey and a couple of dogs and some weird music in a Lincoln driving around because they know they sell more Lincolns, right? But we as advisors. We don't have that tool because of the nature of our business. However, here's what happens. When you have clients together with non-clients in the room that is your room or your venue, whatever it happens to be, something very important happens, conversations. And what's been interesting about this in, in my testing over the last couple of years of doing this is every time you have clients and non-clients together, A, your clients will endorse you, B, sometimes they actually do a better job selling for you than you will do for yourself. So I highly recommend at least four times a year, if not more often, you, have, you create these events where you can have clients and non-clients together. That's number one. Number two, like I said earlier, it gives you the opportunity. So let's say you were referred to somebody, and 
and you know you're in the mean process. It's going okay, but you know it's not nothing's automatic, right? Think about what would happen if you that person you said, hey, next Thursday I'm doing this wine tasting for my clients. Um, I've got an extra seat. I'd love you to come as my guest. Could you come? Right? If they show up, it's almost a done deal. Even if they can't make it, they appreciate it, and you create more goodwill. So you always want to be walking. You always want to be working towards client events. Now, how do you do it? How do you get people there? And more importantly, how do you get guests? Right. So on the client side, it's very important that when you get your strategic calendar out, you sit there and say, okay, here's where I'm going to do my events. Right. Um, and it depends really on your marketplace. If you deal more on the retiree side, you can probably get away with midday or lunch type events. Right. If you're dealing more of a, of a mixed market, right. So some retirees, but some people still working or business owners or things like that, you're going to be, you're going to be pivoting into the evening most likely just from a standpoint uh, of doing that. You always want to have it scheduled out. You always want to send out a mark, hey, mark the date. So even six weeks from now, hey, mark your calendars. We're doing this thing in September, right, or whatever we're doing. Uh, invitation to follow. And then what you want to do in my perfect world, right, uh, depending on your compliance and your situation, if you can use an online like registration process like Eventbrite or something like that to automate the registration process, uh, that's great to do. I really like the idea of sending what I call tickets. So I would actually go, and you can go online, by the way, and check this out, uh, you know, ticketprinting.com or just Google some ticket printers. They're very cost effective for short run, for short run tickets printing. And if you were to do a mailing to your client and say, hey, I'm doing this educational event. Love you to come. By the way, here's two sets of tickets, one set for you and one set for a guest couple. Every study that I've looked at has indicated that when tickets are given or presented, that human beings look at these things as something not to waste. And think about yourselves. When you've had an extra ticket to something, right, do you sit there and say, oh, you know what? Ah, screw it, I'm just going to eat it and you tear it up and throw it away? Or you sit there and go, hey, I got this extra ticket, maybe I should uh, call around or email around or text around or hook up my Facebook friends, right? Don't you want to, think about it, don't you typically want to get somebody to use that ticket so it doesn't go to waste, right? So that's a great way of getting people to bring guests is using and, and it's not that and it's not that expensive, right? And then again on the guest and then on your guest side, you can go ahead and invite your prospects, your pipeline, things like that. You could also invite the CPA, the attorney. Probably won't want to have two CPAs at the same event or two attorneys at the same event. The reason why it's good to invite centers of influence, they get to see and they get to hear and they get to talk to your clients. And it makes them more comfortable in referring you. So to me, that's always something very valuable. If we can do that, we want to go ahead and, and make that happen. So just a, just an FYI on that, okay, to do, okay? Uh, if you wanted to uh, really do something interesting and a real different hybrid event, uh, and I've got clients who have done this, um, you could uh, go ahead and, and buy or and order a very, uh, very selective um, demographic, a cold list, right? So maybe, I want you know million dollar net worth, this neighborhood, this kind of income, blah 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 blah, and you neck it down to maybe 500. You can do a thousand if you like, and you just mail them an invitation. Hey, 
we're doing this educational event or this fun event or whatever it is, right? And it's, it's really cool because these people come thinking they're going to go to this typical rollover dinner workshop. And uh, they end up coming to something and they're like, oh, what's this, right? And they realize they kind of, they parachute into the middle of a client event and it's the coolest thing because your clients will do such a great job for you that they'll want to see you in most cases. So it, to me, it's one of the most powerful ways of getting endorsement, testimonial, leverage. You get goodwill from your clients. You get to leverage them into referrals. You get to, get, you get to close people in the pipeline. It covers a lot of things in one event. Okay. The, so that's kind of the fun stuff you can do now. The AMAs, when I said ask me, AMA stands for ask me anything. Those are what we call informal events. Uh, some examples real quick. Uh, I've got a client uh, here in Florida. Uh, he rents uh, the community room at his local chamber of commerce. Uh, he does it once a month. And uh, then he goes to Panera, to, to, to Panera Bread Company, and gets basically a box lunch. I think that's $12. And every month he hosts anywhere from 8 to 16 people, depending on you know what's going on. And it's really maybe five minutes of, hey, you know, here's what's going on, and, and he does Q&A. So it's almost like a little mini mastermind thing, clients, guests, prospects, right, ABC, right? We're talking hundreds of dollars in terms of cost, not thousands of dollars. And it's been one of the, it's been one of the best business development things he's done because he gets to leverage his client base and his network and everything else. So... For those of you, and I know, for those of you who kind of do them once in a while, and maybe you're doing it in the old format, um, I'd highly recommend that you consider doing the hybrid event and really taking something that maybe is more of a client service, client relationship piece, turning it into a real strong business development piece. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, once we get done with Practice Power Academy, kind of rolling it out, one of the e-learnings e I'm going to do is really detail out how to run these hybrid events. But I want to plant the seed now for everybody to get their minds around it and, and to really kind of embrace that. Okay, So that was one of my topics for today. The second thing uh, came up in the conversation uh, actually with a couple of prospects recently. And uh, you know we're talking about social networking, right? Because most of you, as we all do, right, whether it's friends or families or we belong to the club, or you know whatever we're doing, right? We have our social network, and and typically, uh, in our social network, you know when you're out and about with friends or just people that you know, the ine the the inevitable question comes up, right? Which is, how's business? Now think about this for a second. How you answer that is very important. Typically. Most advisors are what I call in an unconscious state, and they answer like this, oh, business is great. We're really what? Busy, right? Isn't that how most advisors answer that? Hey, things are great and we're busy, right? Or if things are going really strong, we're real busy, right? So in our brain, we equate busyness to success. That is, the, in this industry, the absolutely wrong equation. You all know you can be busy in this industry every day, all day, and get very little done, right? So that's just not a good metaphor. But here's the message it really sends. I'm really busy, so if you have a question around your investments or finances, or you have any needs, maybe you don't want to bother me. I'm a busy guy right now, right? And, oh, you have somebody you may think about referring to me? You know, I'm a real busy guy. I got a lot going on. You know, we're, we're, we're super busy, right? So 
does that does that plant the seed of somebody really want to go out there and you know you know if you will looking for opportunities for you probably not so it just sends the wrong message so here's the message I'd like you to, I'd like you all to think about number one when somebody says hey Joe how's business answer is like this hey business is great and right you always say hey business is great or business is wonderful whatever term you like right uh, business is great and we don't say we're really busy. We say, and you know, we just got done doing a series of reviews with clients. Uh, we just hosted a conference call uh, to our entire client base, talking about how Brexit may or may not affect, uh, you know, may or may not affect how their portfolios are run. Or you know, we just did this real client educational event on Social Security and stuff like that. You want to take that question, things are great, and and put a story, a short story on the back end of that. So to forget busy. Tell them exactly what you're doing, right? Because busy doesn't tell anything, right? So let them tell. So they say, "Hey, we're doing We just did this client event. Uh, we, you know, we just got done with a series of quarterly reviews, and we're doing this. We're doing that." Because a couple things. You want to a never tell your never tell your marketplace you're too busy for them, right? That's a bad message. Number two. You want to educate them a little bit because in their because here's what you really want to do. Look, I don't care who you are on this call. The reason why you network and go to all these things and join the country club and do all the stuff is a obviously for some enjoyment purposes, but also are in the business side of things. We're saying what, you know, it would really be nice to tap into that group or really be nice to tap into that kind of scenario or stuff like that. But as we know in group dynamics, clubs, organizations, associations. We're not going to go ahead and, and you know bull and china shop solicit business. It's distasteful. You get a reputation. It just is not right. You have to attract people to you. Well, telling people you're busy is repellent. It doesn't retract. It doesn't attract. So what I want you to do is tell these stories because I want the person hearing it to go, hmm, you know, my person doesn't do that, or I've never had a client event, or you do reviews every like six months, really, or uh, you, you, you host like conference calls about world of things, uh, world events, or things that could affect my investments. I haven't talked to my guy in two years, right? You want to create that that distinction, that differential, that contrast by telling stories, because ultimately what we want them to do is say, "Wow, I didn't know that." You know, really, you do that for your clients? Well, yeah, here's what we do, and then now you have a conversation, right, about what you do, what you truly do. Ultimately, ending up in the question of, "Hey, you know, would you be willing to get together with me?" In social settings and in groups and organizations, what has to happen is that that the person must raise their hand to us. Then we have explicit permission to go ahead and do things, right? But you're not going to directly solicit them. So that's why you need to break your habits. And by the way, most of you have this habit, as I found, uh, not just talking to my clients, and I did that. But just talking to other people is, hey, how's business? And I say that sometimes in my coaching calls. Hey, how's business? And I get that. Oh, things are great. You know, we're really busy. That has been a busy week. Blah blah blah. I said, wrong answer. Wrong answer. I need a story. Tell me how you're serving. Tell me how you're adding value. Tell me what you know. Tell me a story about differential. Right. That's what I want. So I just want to put that other thing on the board today that you need to really make sure you tighten that up. And you tell a different story, because because I, I know a lot of you, uh, you know, again, as most of us are, are out there doing that piece. So um, 
So Greg put a comment in there, so let me kind of cover it. So Greg says, how about business is good and we're looking to add six more? I mean, I think that's good, Greg. In, in, again, if we want to do a referral piece, and maybe in some of your social settings you can pull that off. I would say the challenge you have with that is it could be viewed as a little, you know, a little salesy perhaps, right? Um, I'm not saying don't do it because if you're doing it, it works. By all means, do it. So if you're comfortable with that, please do that, right? Um, and, and obviously that's not my line. We try to keep us, hey, you know, we're always looking to help other people, keep us in mind. So I guess you can do it where, hey, things are really great and, you know, we're doing these client events, we're doing this, we're doing that. And by the way, if you run across somebody we can help, love to have that opportunity, right? Um, if you're comfortable with that, then yeah, go for it, right? I mean, because again, the key thing, and here's the, here's the prime rule on, on groups, you never directly solicit it. You never directly solicit a, 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 a group member, right? You don't do it. You can talk around them, you can talk through them, but you can't solicit at them, right? So in your case, we're not even going to bring up talking to them. We're going to say, hey, here's what we're doing, and by the way, if you know somebody. So we're never going to assume that they're the guy or gal for us. They need to raise their hand. So I think that's totally fine uh, based upon what you're doing there, okay? All right, so let's uh, let's pivot down a little bit. I got do have some member questions, and uh, so let's make sure we uh, we cover these things. So so James James wrote actually wrote this morning. Hey, I'm buying a book and meeting the clients over the next 90 days. What do I say? You know you know you know part of me would say, well, you should have thought about that before you bought the book. But let me see if he's here, and if I can grab him, you know, God help you. You know, so so James, can you hear me? Can we hear you? Hey Joe, it's Jamie. How you doing? Hey, good. Long time, no time, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah. well. I'm uh, seeing clients and and doing financial plans and having meetings. Cool, fantastic. So tell me about this book you're buying. Uh, you know, give me a little. Again, you know, we're, we have limited time, but I do want a little backstory on this. So tell me, you know, is, are you are you are you buying it from a colleague or are they staying on? Uh, more importantly, how how have they positioned this with them? So give me some story here, if you will. All right, this is something that I uh, mentioned to you oh several months ago. Um, I recently uh, I was in partnership for 15 years. My partner retired mm -hmm. um, back in November, so mm -hmm. uh, I have been going solo since November on this book that I've been been working on for 15 years. So that was all smooth. Yep. I had an agreement in place thinking that I was going to be buying out this book in about two and a half more years. Uh, time frame got accelerated. My uh, colleague uh, called me into her office uh, about a month ago and said, yeah, I've decided I'm going to go ahead and retire in September instead of in two and a half years. Wow, so that's a tight. So we're in a tight window. Okay, uh, and, and I don't need to know anything that's that's privy here. But is is health driving her thing, or is just some other things driving her timeline? That you, whatever you um, know. Yeah, now it's uh, she's fine. Um, it just kind of reached a point in her life that uh, she wants to spend more time with her husband, and just decided okay. to uh, accelerate her retirement plans. Okay. okay so she's okay. not going to be around after September 30. So, so it's a it's a total opt out. No way of bringing her in. I know your firm. No, no way of retaining retaining her as like an FAA for a year or so, part 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 time, uh, keeping her name on the book for a little bit. Any any opera, any way to kind of make that happen potentially. She has no interest in. I mean, right, she's I, uh, she's got a countdown calendar. Right, she fair, knows. Right. How many clients? Yeah. 
How many clients? Uh, about 200 households, uh, nice. about 130 million in assets. All right, so the, the assets are not relevant, the, the, the households are. So, so what has she communicated to her clients thus far, if anything? That she has decided to retire, to spend more time with family, and that, you know, I'm her colleague of 22 years, and okay. uh, she's comfortable with, you know, that we do things the same way. Okay, cool. And so that's already been communicated to everybody, right? Yes. Okay, so so I, I think if there's like probably two tranches here, maybe three. So tranche number one are obviously the A book, right? Uh, we want FaceTime. So you and her need to sit with these people ASAP, right? Um, so and, we're about we're about 12 meetings into the A book right. over right. the last month, yeah. So here's what I would say. So to answer your question directly, then what do I say? I, yeah. I think you I think you reiterate. You know, hey, you know, colleague, looking forward to working with you. But then I think the thing that you really want to say is, look, I want to I want to schedule a meeting just again, just you and them, right? So she's out of the picture, and I want to sit down, and and I want you to almost think, hey, I want to sit down, I want to get to know you better, I, I'll read the notes and stuff like that, but but I really want to get an understanding of of your needs, your wants, what you're really looking for. So in essence, I want you to almost reprofile them, right? Because what I find a lot of times when people acquire a book, they work under a set of assumptions. And those assumptions are really through somebody else's eyes, not our eyes, right? And what okay. we want to do is sit down and say, hey, even though you're a client, I'm, in my mind, I'm going to treat you a bit like a prospect and not have any built preconceived notions. Because I've seen, I've seen scenarios where somebody said, oh, this person is such a pain in the butt and da-da-da-da, and you're, not, you're, gonna, they're gonna, you're gonna hate them, but they're economically good. And you, know, you get in there, and it was just a personality thing, right? And they're great, and I don't understand why we had this problem, right? Um, and so that's why I think it's very important that you establish your own your own relationship. Uh, it makes the client feel better. It's like this: it's like if your if your doctor retires, and then you call for a, a, a physical, and now you've got this new person, right? Their colleague, their appointed successor. You would want them to sit down with you, right? And and tell me what you want. Tell me about your health. Tell me what your experiences are. You'd want that to happen to feel good about that new relationship, right? We would do the same. So we do the same thing. So you meet with them. You, you kind of have the handoff, but then at the end, say, look, what I'd like to do is schedule time just to meet with you. Uh, you know, let's just kind of sit down. Let, let's understand each other. I want to understand what you're looking for and really get to know you. Even though I've got these notes and stuff like that, and you've been a client of hers for X amount of years. Um, I want. I don't want to. I don't want to assume anything. I want to sit down with you. Would, would you be open to that? They're all going to say yes, right? Okay. And, and okay. that's what you do. Okay. Right. Yeah. And and that's the project, man. I mean, and you know, phone calls on A book. You know, obviously you'll do some conference calls on the B book. What I really would like you to do, and we have time to do it, is throw her and host her a retirement event, retirement dinner, whatever. You get all her client. You get make. You invite all the book. If you can, okay. and obviously not everybody's local. I get that, but you do it anyway. Um, that's just a nice way of really transitioning, right? Clients can say goodbye to her. She can she can endorse you again publicly, right? You've already met some of these people. It's a nice piece, and I really recommend that. Just a, just a really good way of doing things. Okay, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, and and as as you heard earlier in my my hybrid event, I'm not saying you have to bring guests or anything to that, right? Uh, but you could, you can ask your clients, hey, might you you can perfectly be free with doing that. Um, maybe get some wholesaler support, and uh, but I definitely recommend you do that. Okay, 
Okay, good plan. Thank you. All right, so you, you, we good? We are. Thank you. All right, good. Thank you. Very cool. Excellent. And congratulations, by the way. It sounds like a tremendous opportunity. It is. Thank you. <laughs> Bit of a fire drill, but we'll, you'll, you'll get through it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, good. All right, thanks. All right, uh, all right, so Jeannie's here. So how to build trust quickly with new clients. I think she's here, so I'm sure she wasn't expecting me to, to see if I can get her on the, on the board here. Can you, can you hear me? Can we hear you? Hello? Nope, nope. So, okay, we'll... Uh, We'll uh, we'll try we'll 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 try a question. Oh no, Mike. Sorry, sorry. To, I, I'll do my best then to answer your question without you having a mic. Okay. So how how best to how to build trust quickly with new clients? So l let's let's start off with the obvious, right? Um, if they're already a client, they trust you to a certain degree, right? Otherwise, they would never become a client. So I, I think that's that's the first thing that which sounds overly simplistic. But I think a lot of advisors, you know, kind of look at this as as there's some magic magical secret here. So I've always said, if, if they're a client, they say yes to you. They didn't say yes to you and then wonder about it. They said yes to you, and and do that. Now, as far as trust is concerned, initially in a relationship, let's talk, let's talk the first 90 days, right? And this probably has more to do with an onboarding process and a communication process than it does with any kind of you know gimmicky things. So to me, here's the thing. If you think about the, the, the one, the, the, the number one reason somebody is displeased or even leaves an advisor relationship, it is not performance, it is not cost, it is communication. Okay? So what I would say early in the process would be a series of phone calls, even meetings perhaps, where in the first 90 days you on you onboard them. So here's what it'll look like, and I'm going to run you through a whole sequence. So so today is Thursday. They're in. Uh, no, excuse me. Today is Wednesday. They're in my office. We sign off, right? So ACAF forms, new account forms. If I if I have an ADV, that's all signed off on, right? They're they're my client now, and they go home that night and they wake up in the middle of the night and they go, Oh my gosh, did we do the right thing? Right? That's what most people will do, by the way, if you're aware of that, if you're aware of that or not. So within so 24 hours, I or somebody on my team, depending on the model, is going to call them and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, just want to give you an update. You know, your paperwork's been submitted. It's going to take, as we talked about yesterday, it's going to take X amount of days to do this, do that, do that, right? And uh, we're going to keep you posted on that, right? So within 24 hours, they get, they get a call from you, which alleviates some of their angst about that I make a good decision, right? So that's number one. Then what I'm going to do within a week, I'm going to either me or somebody on my team is going to call them again and give them another status update, right? Now, if there's some things that need to be done in the interim, getting online access set up, things like that, whether I do it or some of my staff members do that, I want to make sure I have a very tight onboarding process, okay? Then when all the accounts are open, it's funded, ACATS happen, stuff like that, another communication, hey, we'll let you know, your assets transferred successfully, here's what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. 30 days, statements are out, either bring them in or phone call, walk them through the statements, and then literally like every couple of weeks you check in with them to make sure that they're feeling good, any questions about the model, how we're doing things, how we communicate, do we miss anything, so on and so forth, is that first 90 days is really the initial impression. You know, there's, if you think about it, 
there's two impressions. When they first come in as a prospect, right, and really when they first look at your website, first, first impressions, then they meet you, then they go through whatever your process is, they say yay, right, yes. Now, is a second first impression, how is it really on this side? So we want to be really, really tight there if possible. And trust to me is a, is a byproduct of communication. So if you're communicating with your new people, like we just talked about, you will build a lot of trust quickly because you're communicating with them. So I hope that makes, hope that makes sense for you and uh, that serves you. But that's how you do it. There's no magic here. Just, it's just relationship building, okay, from that perspective. Uh, third question, probably a question a lot of you have. Uh, you know, you know, thank you, and I'm glad you were here, and hopefully, hopefully we'll see you again. Um, and let me see if Andy's here, if I can pull him up, if he happens to be around. I don't see him on the board, so, so uh, my assistant is stressing me out. They, 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 uh, they can't see him. I'm sure he means he, they can't seem to get the job done. So assistants are a real black box in our industry. Uh, I don't know Andy's situation. He's not a personal client of mine. Obviously, he's, he's a member of the site, so I'm probably going to talk about assistants in general, okay? Um, I don't care if you work for a major wirehouse and you have an assistant that you share with five other people or you're, you're, you're successful or gifted or lucky enough that you have an assistant all to yourself and you're independent. It really doesn't matter to me. They are not mind readers. I will always say a lot of the assistant dysfunction is a leadership dysfunction, which is most advisors don't know how to really run an assistant effectively. Right? So a couple of questions I'm going to ask of Andy when he hears the replay. Uh, how often are you sitting down with them? Are you doing weekly team meetings, daily team huddles? Uh, how do you delegate? How do you then, what, how do you delegate? How do you hold them accountable? What, what are they being trained on? How are you making them better? Right? Uh, and look, I understand at some firms there are just people enrolled that they shouldn't be, and I totally understand that. And, and you know, uh, like my saying uh, when I in my uh, earlier in my career, when I used to have a branch manager call me up and say, "Hey, I got this 20-year person, blah 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 blah. I need them fixed." Right? My initial reaction is, you know, you do not give me a donkey and turn them into a, and expect me to turn them into a racehorse. Right? So same thing here. Assuming you have somebody that that has potential, to me, it's a training, it's a coaching. It's a communication, it's an accountability process, right? So Andy, what I would say to you is, question one, do they have potential? So now are we in a training, coaching, communication, accountability model? Or B, are they beyond help and we've got the wrong person in the wrong role, right? That can happen. So I just think that's something you all, everyone here always wants to take a look. I know some of the people around the board are personal clients of mine. You know, they've gone through the situation where um, they created uh, somebody and they had they were empowered to make a change, right? Or the person walks out. Um, you know, it happens, right? And, and so, minimum, what you want to do is weekly, proactive. How are things going? What are we working on? And and that's like a, maybe a 20 to 30 minute, 20 to 30 minute meeting if it's just the two of you, right? And then daily, five or 10 minutes. What's going on? How can I help you with? And then find a way to delegate. Delegating, to me, a system to delegate. Delegating is not calling them in your office and saying, I need this done, or getting them on the phone, or IMing them, or sending them an email. You need a platform to delegate, track, and measure. Whether you do it, whether you use your CRM, 
whether you create a, a, a uh, Excel spreadsheet on a shared drive and you put things in there and statuses there, you've got to find a way to always have your finger on tasking. Now, here in my, again, my firm is different than yours, right? We're independent, we're, we coach, but there's a lot of commonalities in what we do from a tasking standpoint. And, you know, we use platforms. You know, we use, um, you know, we use Basecamp uh, to assign tasks, and that's a little bit more cumbersome, but we like it for a lot of different reasons. Um, the other thing that, that some of my clients use, again, I'm going to speak some of my clients use if you're independent, obviously a little easier. If you're a wirehouse, maybe a little bit more challenging. Is uh, it's called To Do Business, T-O-D-O -O Business. It's a it's a web base and it's got some really cool apps for our iPhone, iPad, Droid, and stuff like that, where you can create to dos. You can assign them to team members, status reports. There, it's like literally like ten bucks a month. It's like it's like the, one of the best investments you can make. And I've got clients that run, kind of run their teams on to-do business. And, you know, they can delegate, they can create different lists, stuff like that. They can see status, they have it on their phone. When things are completed, it shows up on their phone, it's completed. Um, it's really, really cool, and it's very simple to get up and running on. So, Andy, depending on your situation, uh, that may be a way for you to, uh, to cover that, okay? Uh, again, a lot of times it's infrastructure that's problematic. The last thing, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because we're not ready yet, is obviously as we're doing as we're building out the academy, um, we are going to be for those of you who are not already paid or already not members, we're going to be offering some really cool things. You want to take a look at it. Um, I think the really the coolest thing, quite frankly, is the lifetime memberships, which by the way, uh, you and I would get a, a month working together. Uh, so that's really something neat that we're going to put out. Once the academy is launched. All of you will get an email detailing options, things like that. So we're not going to take our time on this. Uh, last thing I want to say from a scheduling perspective is um, I'm on break next week. I'm actually flying out to Los Angeles. I've got some meetings out there, getting a little downtime while I'm there. Also getting out of the heat in Florida, which is not a bad thing. So we are not on next Wednesday, but we're going to be back the following Wednesday. And again, we'll do the same protocol, email invites, things like that. Um, the replays of all these or house when you log into Practice Power, you go to Dashboard, on the right side where it says Resources, the third or fourth button down, you'll see Webcast. That's where you can register for all the webcasts if you like, but that's also where the replays are kept. So if you miss something, want to, want to hear what I said again, or capture something I said again, uh, you have the opportunity to do that. Okay. So again, this is all about value add, I'm not here to pitch anything, just want to give you some updates, you'll be getting that. Uh, with that being said, I want to thank you all for taking time out of your busy day to be here. Hopefully you found some value. And again, if you've got a question, hey, put it on the board. Uh, whether you do it beforehand or, or, what, or what Desmond did, right, just drop it on. Uh, I, I'll, 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 do the best, I'll do the best I can. Oh, another question. I'm having lunch with an attorney tomorrow that just billed over 25,000 in fees to, to the last client I referred to, right, in the planners. Uh, by the way, he's a great guy. He provides super service. I assume he's a state planning attorney. I'm going to go with that. You know what? Let me just get Greg here. Why am I doing this if he's available? And I'm, I apologize for holding this, but uh, we may all get some value on this. Greg, can you hear me? Can we hear you? Yeah. Hi, Joe. I'm here. Good. So uh, run me through the scenario again real quick. Um, well, you know, we, we've not had great success with attorneys for referrals. We have a great relationship. This guy's in our building. Super guy, LLM, yep. uh, great estate, high level estate tax attorney, 
yep. fun, a personality, follow up the clients, great, love him, refer, uh, easy to work with. Uh, yep. We've heard this guy probably over fifty, sixty thousand dollars of work over the last five years of our relationship, and yep. um, you know, but he, he and we're going to lunch tomorrow, you know, and I'm like, you know, what he's buying, and number two, it's kind of like, well. <laughs> You know, hey, let's have a conversation about, you know, maybe some kind of reciprocity. And we've had a little bit of these conversations in the past. He said, look, I get most of my, my, uh, our clients from CPAs and financial advisors, by the way, we're both. Um, yeah. And so I don't really, you know, I, I, you're first on my mind, but I don't, you know, he doesn't really have a right. lot to give me. And so yeah. it's great because he's really good for our clients. So if I think put my client's foot forward, he's one of the best referrals out, but at the same time, um, we're not getting, uh, you know, reciprocity, and I'm like, I don't know. Do people just write off attorneys today? I mean, are, are, are really getting good referrals from attorneys much anymore? I mean, what's yeah, great question. Yeah, let, let me give you some thoughts. So, look, I think in your scenario, you, the, the the question I was going to ask you, your answer, which is, how does he get his business? The answer was already answered, which is from you and your competitors. Bottom line, right? So, so he's going to be very, very limited. To seek out, let me put it this way: it will never be a fair, it will never be a one for one. It may never be a twenty to one, right? So I would not count on him to provide you a lot, if any, referrals because he hasn't thus far. But most of my clients, if not all my clients, would say estate planning attorneys are, are usually the worst drivers of referrals for the for the very fact you just mentioned. They get most of our business from us, right? Um, yep. So so you want to keep him. In fact, most of my clients have two estate planning attorneys they'll have. They'll have the guy like you have, right, for the high-level stuff, and they'll have a, they'll have the number two person uh, for the, you know, basic wills, living will, you know, kind of the non-complex matters, right, from a billability standpoint, right? So yeah, we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll, have an a, we'll have an A, B, right, we'll have a guy A, guy B, if you will, and it could be gal A and B also. Um, so estate planning attorneys tend to be the worst ones to get referral from unless the following is accurate. Uh, number one, they're doing their own thing. What I mean by that is they're out there doing a seminars. You know, some some estate planning attorneys do their own workshops, seminars, stuff like that, right? Um, I do have clients that actually have reached out to those estate planning attorneys that do those workshops and said, hey, I'd like to sponsor that. What would it cost? And we'll be there, right? And so there's ways to kind of, if they're doing their own marketing, there might be some opportunities there. The second way, and I actually had a guy do this in Santa, San Jose, California. He built a lot of his business this way. He partnered with the with the with the junior estate planning attorneys at big law firms, because um, they get the, they get a lot of their business from from partners, right? And then they're out there trying to make their own reign. And what we did, and it worked brilliantly, is we did a um, a combo dinner seminar on estate planning. So he would come and do estate planning. We would do the financial side. We would sponsor it. And and what would happen would be, you know, uh, people would come. We'd be, you know, the estate planning attorney would close. They'd say, look, um, you know, you all get an hour of my time. Uh, what we need to do to, you know, make it worthwhile is I need a full picture of your financial situation. Uh, so you're going to meet with Andy first, which was a financial advisor. You're going to meet with Andy in his office, and he had to work for Merrill Lynch at the time. And uh, he's going to go ahead, and you're going to meet with him, and he'll do the network statement, and ask some questions, stuff like that. Then he's going to pivot to me. You must meet with Andy first before you meet with me. No exceptions, right? And and then he would pivot them back down to Andy after he did the meeting, and it worked. And so three years later, the guy made partner. Because, you know, making a partner in a big firm is all about what? Making rain, right? Bringing business in. Uh, that worked really well. But that's the only two cases I could say from the state planning attorney standpoint, they would be viable, really viable referral uh, uh, referral sources, either they're out there doing their own thing 
or they're at, or they're a partnership with a big firm that we can do some things from that perspective. Then you may have something, but the guy you're talking to me about in your situation, let him do a great job for your clients, but I would not expect a lot out of him. I know you want better news, but I just don't see it, quite frankly. Yep, I hear you. I appreciate your thoughts. Okay, and, and so we good? We're good. All right, thanks, man. Excellent. All right, so um, as you see, you know, whatever you got, whenever somebody's got a question, I'm happy to answer for them. Add value here to to the membership. Um, just last thing, just remember, we're not going to be here next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Put your questions in. I'll have some new topics for everybody, as always. And uh, I've kept you for 45 minutes, and I want to be respectful of your time. So uh, thanks for stopping by. See you in two weeks. And with that, we are done.